Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest is Connie Heflin. Connie, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for doing this. I understand that you and I have something in common, and that is an adult child graduating from college. Right. So yours is at IU Bloomington? Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell me what things look like going into May. How's he doing? Where's he going to land? Any any insight on all of that? Right. Uh, he's doing really well. I think he wants to move back to Fort Wayne. He loves Fort Wayne and he wants to move back here. So he's really focusing his job search here in the Fort Wayne area. So we're excited about that. So, you know, fingers crossed he doesn't, you know, he's interviewing actually today. So fingers crossed that it's going well. All right. Well, hopefully by the time this sees the light of day, he will be settled into a new job. Yeah. I just got back. My son is not moving to Fort Wayne. He's moving to Charlotte, North Carolina. Great. Growing up, his mom and I always told him, you know, there's nothing wrong with where you grew up, but when you're young, see the world. And he apparently took our advice. So kind of sad about that, but it'll be good for him. And And a great place to visit. Correct. And maybe someday he will come back home. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not here to talk about our kids. We're here (laughs) to talk about you. So, Connie, we always start by talking about our guest's career path. So you grew up in Iowa. Yep. When you were growing up in Iowa, what were you thinking about in terms of careers? And where did you go from there? Did you stay on that path? Did you pivot from that path? What did that look like? Right. Well, I did. I grew up on a farm in small town Iowa, in okay. Eldridge, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And um, I, like every interview, they say they shouldn't. you shouldn't talk about way back. But I really do feel that growing up in Iowa on a farm mm-hmm. really um, kind of molded me into the person I am and set me on the career path. Um, my parents, my dad was a really hard worker, a farmer, and there was no sitting around with, with my dad. And uh, my parents didn't give us allowance, but we sold sweet corn. My brother and I okay. would sell sweet corn every yep. summer as kids, little kids. So this is just roadside stands. Yeah, this All is. Right. We lived on ten acres, and we set up our stand at the okay. end of the driveway. And but we'd have to get up, you know, in the dark. My parents would help us pick the sweet corn. Yeah. But my brother and I, he's two years younger. We would be responsible for selling the sweet corn, and then that was our allowance, the money that we raised okay. off of this week of work was our yearly allowance. And um, my dad was, you know, they were right there to help us. But Mm -hmm. it was all about giving the customer um, more than they expected. It was always a baker's dozen. It wasn't just 12 ears of corn and a dozen. It was 13. Um, The corn was picked same day. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't sell it at the end of the day, you threw it away. Mm -hmm. And it always had to be fresh. And my dad really prided himself on having the best quality product. And for my brother and I, Brian, to give the best customer service. So, I mean, that, that, that started when we were like, you know, eight years old. Yeah. And that, and it was like, and you're getting up and you're doing this guys yeah. there. You had, we had no option. And so I, that growing up in Iowa and that, um, hard work ethic and that customer service, and it really did impact just kind of how I see things looking back, you know, being 54 years old, I, I still go back to customer service and are we delivering the best customer service? Yeah, well, that's great. And those are pretty simple but important lessons yeah, to learn. Yeah, so simple. Yeah. yeah, so, and you were actually a marketing major in college, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is the marketing podcast. Right. You chose, why did you choose marketing? What was appealing about that to you? Well, it was that whole selling something too. Mm-hmm. Um, I I learned from that simple task of selling sweet corn 
that I like to sell. I like to talk to people. Yep. I like to have the best product, and I liked earning money. Yeah. I mean, it was no big deal. When I mean, this is back in the '80s, and my brother and I each a piece would walk away with two thousand dollars a piece. Yeah, so it wasn't, good. you know, it was. I like money, and that's too. for a week's for work. a week's work. Yeah, that's not yeah, bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. So it was a pretty good gig, and so it let me down that path of marketing. And I, I guess I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my marketing major with that degree. But um, I also was on the Disney College program, and I worked at Disney World. Oh, really? My, okay. And that really kind of formed my opinion on customer service too that yeah. whole I mean the Disney world of everything yeah. you know their brand um, so you know at graduating I, you know just like Jackson that position you know right now I didn't know but I took a job a sales job with Lipton mm-hmm. Tea and Soup I mm-hmm. went into sales rather than marketing okay. as you might see it but I sure. I in my brain see sales and marketing as something very interchangeable yeah for sure it's all the same for sure all right so you you work for Lipton out of school mm-hmm. and then eventually you found your way to Indiana yeah was that shortly after school or was it much later um it wasn't that much later um so I was the sales rep for Lipton Tea and Soup and um then got married moved back to the Quad Cities and took a different sales job um selling steel case office furniture Mm -hmm. Um, then we relocated to Fort Wayne and in between there um I had started our own retail business it's kind of a convoluted story but um instead of selling and working around the clock selling office furniture, we opened a, re- a residential furniture company. Okay. And so moved to Fort Wayne. I was still part owner in that business. Okay. And that was that's going back to 1990. All so, right. yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So the furniture business was in Quad I, Cities? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you then moved to Fort Wayne. You've yep. got one foot in a retail business yep. in Iowa. You're here. And is that when you start the fundraising part of your career? Or does that come later? No, that that definitely started. And then there's, um, you know, I moved to Fort Wayne and we transferred here for my husband's uh, job with General Electric and yep. moved here not knowing a soul. So mm-hmm. um, that's really when volunteering mm-hmm. became a part mm-hmm. of my life. And that's how I kind of got to know people yep. in Fort Wayne was yep. through volunteer um and worked or, or volunteered for the Junior League. Mm-hmm. It's a women's nonprofit group that I volunteered for and really got involved with. And that's how I made friends mm-hmm. through this volunteer mm-hmm. work. And yep. that's how I got involved. Yeah. Um, so did that. And that led to, as my husband put it, the retail, the residential furniture business that we were still part owners yeah. in. And we'd go back and forth. It was more of an expensive hobby than yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Anyway, um, then I took the uh, fundraising kind of, and which is sales too, is that marketing thing with mm-hmm. um, IPFW with the tapestry event. Yeah. 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 So so for those who aren't familiar, what was the tapestry event? Tapestry was a one day event at mm-hmm. the Coliseum yep. um, put on by um, IPFW and Parkview and we'd bring in a great big guest speaker Mm -hmm. and it was a day for women. Mm -hmm. And so um, keynote speaker, breakout sessions, and then there were sponsors for the event. Mm -hmm. And so I was responsible for the sponsors that attended and had booths at the event or sponsored a breakout session and so on. So um, I did the sponsorship for um, Tapestry. Okay, so drawn on your sales background there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and then from that role with what was then IPFW, Uh where do you go from there and why do you make a change? 
Oh, I did that for about seven years, and um, that was um, part-time. So Mm -hmm. Jack and and now Nate were small and young, and that I was working part-time, and uh, I took a job with Early Childhood Alliance Mm -hmm. as a fundraiser for um, ECA. And that was more of a, I mean, it was still 20 hours a week, but it was every week, all year round. Tapestry (laughs) was very seasonal. I I didn't have to work in the summers. And so um, I did that with with Early Childhood Alliance. And then after three years with them, I took a very quick stint at um, Canterbury in their fundraising department. And then I was only there for six months. And this job where I am now, I'm the executive director for Supershot, the job opportunity came around. And I said, no, I can't interview. I just took this job with mm-hmm. Canterbury. Um, now is not the time to make a career yeah. move. I can't do that. Well, um, and and the connections through that were through the volunteer work that I'd done way back with Junior Lake. So mm-hmm. it was that whole yeah. full circle of when you give, you know, you always get more than you give yeah. in this world. And so it was through my connections through Junior Lake that the um, job with Supershot was introduced to me. And they said, well, just, just talk to us, just sit down and yeah. well, so here we are. So you were on the receiving yeah. end of a sales pitch this <laughs> right, time. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And I, so I took the job. I felt terrible because I you know, hadn't been at Canterbury very long. Um, but I stepped up and it was full time. It's a, mm-hmm. obviously it's executive director, full time yeah. job. And I was just ready. The um, kids were older and I just was ready to um, take on the next big thing, the next mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and super shy. I, I, you know, through my volunteer work and working at early childhood, I really love the nonprofit sector. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I really feel that there's a lot of good work that has to be done in the nonprofit world, just as it would in a for-profit yep. business. And if you can bring some of that to it, um, you can move the agencies forward so, um, considerably. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Supershot. Yeah. Tell me how you describe the organization. You're obviously very familiar with it, but for yeah. someone who might not know much about Supershot, what does the organization do? So we're a Fort Wayne-based nonprofit that provides immunizations primarily to children, regardless of their ability to pay. So um, we're the second largest pediatric provider of federal vaccines to children Mm -hmm. in the state of Indiana. Um, And we have four different clinic locations. We do a lot of community outreach, and we really try to advocate and educate parents on the importance of immunizations. Yep. And you have a small but mighty team of staff and volunteers. Talk a little bit about the team you work with, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, So uh, we're, like you said, a small but mighty team. There's seven of us that are full time. Um, we're very seasonal, back to school, yep. and flu season is a really big uh, season for us. So um, at any given time, you know, during that time, we can go up to a little over 20 employees, mm-hmm. but those are seasonal part-time yep. employees. Uh, but uh, it's a small but mighty team. Um, we've been given a permanent home. We have now have a clinic location, so Supershots, it's a nonprofit that's been around for 30 years. This is our 30th anniversary. and. Um, the model has always been to work out of donated clinic spaces. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to this marketing and the yeah. branding, that that is that's a great model for the budget. Yeah. But it's really hard for people to understand where you're going to be, yeah. especially when you're given space and when that space is needed for something else. You just pack up your tote yep. and keep, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, we really needed to look at the model 
um, at Supershot and figure out, you know, how do we provide the service? And, and we were a walk-in clinic only. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you would look at it. I came into it and it, families would wait three hours to get their child mm-hmm. vaccinated yeah. in a crazy waiting room. Yeah. Then I'd be like, I, you know, I'm not quite sure if I'd want to bring my kids here. Mm-hmm. So it's going back to my dad's, you know, are you giving the best product, the best customer service? So it's really been a time at Supershot where even though we're 30 years old, we're really in a innovation and growth mode mm-hmm. um, and in the life cycle. We've come kind of back to, you know, a startup. I almost yeah. consider us being a, at a startup location uh, point in our um, agency's, uh, you know, life cycle right now. So so what what do you do in a, in a case where you have a parent who's been waiting a long time, you know, which is necessary? It's a walk-in yeah. proposition. Um, it's something their kids need, so they yeah. can't just walk away and hope they'll get you know served more quickly. How do you respond to that from a customer service standpoint? Well, we've taken a really big step. We take appointments now, yep. so we have changed our model. Yep. Um, we really um, try to empower the the uh, the parent to understand what the wait time is and let them make the decisions mm-hmm. now. So um, w- our appointments get precedent. They are, we try to keep those on schedule. Yep. If we're if they're not on schedule, we apologize. Try sure. to make sure they understand the yep. why behind it. Um, so they're just not sitting there waiting yep. and, and wondering. Um, and then if you're a walk-in patient, we really try to explain, okay, we will be happy to see you today, but this is where the current wait is. Mm-hmm. So they can be, and we'll happily um, see you today, or if you want to make an appointment, yep. we can get you in in 15 minutes. Yep, so put them back, back in control yeah. of their yeah. own destiny, so yeah. to speak. All right. Yeah. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't af- ask you this question. It's yeah. probably the toughest question I'm going to ask you, Yeah. Um, although you and I have talked about this yeah. before, so maybe it's not all that tough. You're doing this work at a time when vaccinations have unfortunately become controversial and politicized. Mm-hmm. Easy question to ask, hard question to answer. How are you navigating that over the past few years? What are you doing to encourage people to still seek vaccination out? What are you doing, you know, if anything, to offset some of the negatives we're hearing and some of the misinformation that's out there? Uh, pretty big part of your job, I would imagine. What, what are you doing with that? Well, I mean, on a fundamental point, just personally, I had to get a bit thicker skin. Yeah. You know, I didn't think yeah. at the onset of this, you know, um, stepping into the um, role at Supershot that I would be in a place where people didn't think the work that we were doing is good work. Yeah. You know, that just wasn't mm-hmm. even a thought in my mind. Yep. And I still, you know, I don't doubt what we're doing mm-hmm. I, for a second yeah. that it's good work. Yep. Um, and then it's, I mean, immunizations are the best uh, tool that we have for public health mm-hmm. um, to keep our communities healthy. Um, and it's so important for kids to get their routine immunizations. Mm-hmm. Um, but COVID has even created hesitancy just in routine immunizations. It's yeah. crept that far. So um, I guess what, you know, I had to get thicker skin mm-hmm. and just say, everybody's going to have a view on this. Yep. And if I know in my heart that mm-hmm. I'm doing the right thing, that I'm going to land, you know, when this is all said and done on the right side of history, that we're protecting people, we're keeping yep. them out of the hospital, then I can live with that. Yep. I can live with that. Um, the next step was, you know, give people the facts. If mm-hmm. they don't want it, okay, yep. we're not going to go at them sure. and argue. We're sure. not going to start the argument. Yep. We're not going to be that person. Yeah. 
um, but empower people with facts and the information. Yeah. And if they make that decision, that's fine. You yeah. know, that I mean, it's not fine. It's not, you know, sure. but it's their decision to yeah. make that. Controlling what you can control. Con- yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because the viability of immunization over the years has made us take it for granted. It's one well, of right, we're all, where, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, vaccines are their own worst enemy. We don't see polio because yeah. they're working. Yep. You know, so we have this generational um, where we, we there's a generation that haven't hasn't seen really severe disease. So we, we if it's out of sight, out of mind, you don't think about it. You don't consider it a risk. And it's because the vaccines are working. Yeah. 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 So you've got you've got a nonprofit budget, yeah. which is, you know, it's it's good enough to get the job done, but it's not, you know, right. exorbitant. You've got a, a time during during the, the pandemic when you've got major demand for your services. You're also trying to run a business like everyone else remotely and with new rules and all right. these other things. How did you navigate all that and still do the other important work that you were doing? How did you pivot, get the message out, keep yeah. you know the opportunity in front of people while also doing all the other important things you right, needed to do? Right. Well, it goes back to being a small but mighty team. It was acknowledging to the team that this is hard. We get, I, I get that we're all in this situation that's hard. We, I mean, before the pandemic hit, we were, wa- we, that's when we were walk-in only. And within a day, we had to shift to yeah. appointments. and. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anything in place to do that. I mean, (laughs) and so, um, and it's giving each other grace and saying, we're not going to know exactly. We are building the plane while Mm -hmm. we're flying it right Mm -hmm. now. We are not going to have the perfect solution, but we're just going to keep trying. Um, So I guess that was our our attitude of just um, complete flexibility Mm -hmm. and to stay calm carry on nothing you know we're gonna be (laughs) so had you planned to introduce appointments or was that kind of a byproduct of the pandemic something that was pushed forward it was pushed forward it was on the radar because we could clearly see that a three-hour wait in the waiting room was miserable and our mission is to break down the barriers of access and affordability we're creating our own barrier of access there i mean nobody wanted to do that so it was on the radar that we need to figure out how to move but it was just accelerated i mean that's some of the best things that came out of covid was okay we there's no time to wait we're figuring this out today (laughs) yeah well and you know i've heard it described as 10 years of innovation in three months because of all the changes i was teaching at two local universities around that time and everybody really got good at online learning all of a sudden or learned where the knowledge gaps were yeah for the same reason it was kind of like this thing that was off in the distance was now there in front of you yeah um so Let's talk now about some of the things that are on your plate currently. Obviously, that was a big part of your job. You're still dealing with some of the byproducts of the last couple of years. But what are some of the things you're looking forward to that you're working on, big items on your to-do list, things that are super important to the organization or to you personally that you're trying to move forward? Yeah, it's super shot. Like you said, we have a limited budget. We're a nonprofit. We're doing work that is not profitable. So yeah. we're trying to figure out other um, uh, 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 revenue streams to help offset our nonprofit work. So yep. um, 
to we part we are now partnering with schools where we go into the schools and we provide immunizations in the schools and that program really pushed us to accept commercial insurance mm -hmm. be, uh, and not only public insurance okay. so now we're really trying to work on how do we um Again, customer service. How we're really working on um, appointment scheduling and empowering patients and making it as easy as possible using technology. Mm -hmm. um, we have a new clinic location, and we want that clinic to feel like the best home for anybody, no matter what your insurance rate, if you have commercial insurance, public insurance, or no insurance mm -hmm. at all, that you would walk into Supershot and feel like this is a place where you're getting great care, um, and it didn't matter what your income level was. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're really working on that, and we're really trying to, again, like I said, diversify our revenue stream, where how can we fill all the appointment slots um, and help commercial insured patients offset our nonprofit mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, doctor's office, we talk to them all, we're partners with them all. Yeah. There's no, there's not a lot of money in, in, in vaccines, no matter if, yeah. which sure. insurance you have. Sure. So um, if we can really work to fill all of the appointments and really reach out in the community to figure out the best ways to do that, then that helps our revenue and our bottom line. So that's our biggest, is really trying to figure out um, and, and branding, it's yep. a branding. And not mm -hmm. everybody will go, I didn't know you took commercial insurance and yeah. um, we serve adults now. Um, you know, So it's really, again, that innovation startup phase where we really have to get the agency um, in the public eye to, and for everybody in the community to know that we can serve everyone now. So in the past, you were relying fully on borrowed space? Yep. Bar borrowed clinic space. So mm -hmm. now this is a first for the organization that you have yes. your own clinic. Where's the clinic located? It's out on 1515 Hobson Road. Mm -hmm. It was a Parkview walk-in clinic yep. out there. And it has 15 private exam rooms. Um, and we're remodeling um, each. Uh, there's a north side and a south side that it, it mirrors each other with exam rooms. So it's going to have all new family exam rooms, new nurses station, ADA and family restrooms, new flooring. The um, it you know it was a nice facility, but the carpeting yeah. you know carpeting had been around <laughs> for twenty plus years, yeah. and and for us when kids get their vaccines, sometimes they get nervous and yep. um, cleaning things off yep. of car old carpet <laughs> is really gross. Yeah. So now we're going to yeah. have hard surface floors, and you know, um, so it's just um, where we can brand the agency there too with interior signage, mm -hmm. exterior signage, and um, really be a place of confidence to come and get your family. Immunizations. So you're learning all kinds of new skills. That, all kinds, <laughs> always. Yeah, yes. yeah. All right. It, it, that sounds like a, enough of a job in itself. Opening the new clinic. <laughs> Is there anything else that's big on your to-do list that's important to you? Other work that you're focused on? You know, it's it's It sounds so simple, but it's delivering the best product. Mm -hmm. It's keeping appointments on time, yep. letting parents, get getting parents in in a quick turnaround. When you're coming to Supershot, you normally, like every parent, we wait to the last minute to get our school physical or to get, get the vaccines yeah. that they're required to have. So you know, making sure there's appointments in a relatively quick turnaround mm -hmm. in that week's turnaround. Um, but it's really optimizing our internal 
I want to say scheduling efficiencies um, and then doing a lot more community outreach to impact our immunization rates to improve them. Mm -hmm. And then again, partnering with healthcare systems to get their patients that they can't see to get them scheduled to Supershot. So it's driving volume um, as well as providing a, a really good product and experience. So a lot of moving parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's it's fun, right? Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like very fulfilling work at the end of the day. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's more challenging than selling Lipton tea. <laughs> right. Or sweet corn, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to pivot to some of the more quick hit questions yeah. that I wanted to ask. And let's start with career advice. You've dealt with some challenging stuff. You have learned quite a bit uh, in a short amount of time, including um, in the last couple of years, but also over the course of your career. What's some of the best advice you have in terms of building a successful, fulfilling career? I think it's surrounding yourself um, with experts in the field. Um, you can learn so much. Um, and like, let's say, for instance, right now, the Supershop board, I learn daily from our board members. Um, and it's always, or going back to my junior league experience, when I was the president of junior league and I was trying to figure out who my sustainer advisor would be and I went for her I I went for somebody who was the president of all the junior leagues you know so go big with, with the people that surround you because you don't have to be I always you don't have to be the smartest person in the room and don't be afraid not to be the smartest mm -hmm. person in the room because um, you can just learn so much with surrounding your people, surrounding yourself with people that are the best of what they do. Yep. And if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So yeah. why not ask well, for right, the best person right, and right? they say no, move on to the next. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's really good advice. Um, this one might be a really easy question for you or it might be difficult. What is a myth or misconception related to your work that you'd like to clear up or something that isn't well enough understood that you'd like to amplify? Well, I go back to that. We can accept all commercial, all insurance okay. at Supershot. So yeah. Supershot used to be you can only, you know, only if you had Medicaid, uninsured, or underinsured, and mainly for children. Um, but we can see anybody in the community now if you need your immunizations from birth to death um, to you know any and all or no insurance plans. Okay, so if somebody needs to get an immunization mm -hmm. and they want to schedule an appointment. Go to your website. Is that the best place for them to do yep. that? Yeah, go to our website and our phone number's on there and right. they can call. Um, and soon we'll have a live chat where they can text, like on the computer, they can text with a scheduler Excellent. right there and go back and forth. Okay, yeah. quick digression. Yeah. And if you can't, if this is proprietary or it's not something mm -hmm. you can answer, feel free to tell me that. But are those, schedule, those schedulers contracted? Are they your employees? How does all that work? We have one um, yeah. person, okay. her name's Mary, who works on the phones, but we are working through a scheduling app and company called Health iPass. Okay. Um, right. And it's also when we're, now that we're working with all these schools, we go out into the schools during flu season and provide over 8,000 kids a flu vaccine and all this, that consent has been on paper and Health iPass can help us. Oh, that's great. Um, give a, a link to parents where they can register for that in-school flu shot through a link rather than a piece of paper that we're shuffling in between nurses and super shot. Right. And then on our end, we're 
uploading it all and you okay. know it, um, so uh, it's all through a new company called Health iPass they're out of Chicago okay and Mary is supplementing that yes okay so yeah. the fact that you have Health iPass is good for parents it's good for super shot uh-huh. and it's good for Mary because she oh, doesn't yeah. have to do all that right work. right all right 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 well good yeah. good yeah. all right um, last question has to do with how you get your work done and I've gotten a wide variety of answers to this question but what is a tool a trick, a tip, a hack, something that you use that kind of saves your day every day that maybe you even take for granted, but that other people should know about. Something that helps you get the job done. Oh, brother. <laughs> I didn't, I, I, when I was looking at that, um, and I, a tool or trick, and maybe this isn't every day, but know when to call in the expert. Yeah. So, I mean, now it's the, not, you know, the ED of a small nonprofit. I do, I'm the executive director, but I'm also all the marketing person. I'm our social media person. Mm -hmm. I'm our web, you know, but I called you the expert when we needed to totally revamp our website or for looking at all new signage and telling the Supershot story and the branding, our new building, you know, know when to call in the expert. Mm Um, you know, that's, I guess, maybe the tip. You can't do it all. Yeah. And I really believe in, I mean, in the nonprofit world, we always, budget's always a concern, but you really have to understand that this is your marketing, your image, your mm-hmm. brand is something that you you need to invest in. Sure. Well, yeah. thanks Thanks for calling us, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'll, you guys are awesome. I'll second that, especially when you have a small but mighty team, which seems yeah. to be a theme of this yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, y- Any time you spend on the things that are outside your area of expertise or outside your area of responsibility is time taken away from really important stuff. You know, not to, not to, um, to state the obvious, but you're doing really important work and there's probably better ways to right. spend your time. Sometimes the best way to spend your time is pick up the phone, call and someone who can call do it an faster. Expert. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's good advice. Not often. It's it's something I think most people understand, but they don't usually act on it. Because especially, you know, a lot of leaders have a bias towards, well, I'm just going to do it myself. Well, right, right. So, you know, that's something hopefully that um, others will hear and, and listen to because regardless of what business you're in, there are things that are better outsourced or, you know, sometimes it's hired. Um, sometimes it's worth hiring someone part-time or full-time to do the work in-house. Sometimes it's a specialty agency, but you can't do it all for sure. You can't do it all and you can't, and you, especially if you're at that leader that thinks they, I mean, we're human mm-hmm. and you, it can't be a genius and, an, a, you know, the rock star at absolutely everything. I mean, it's even with your staff. I mean, let the clinical staff do the clinical thing. Yeah. I mean, they're the experts, mm-hmm. they're the RNs, they're the masters in public health. Um, you know, let them uh, focus, let your team focus on what they're great at. Yeah. And it doesn't diminish your expertise to let someone use their expertise. No. Yeah. yeah. And it makes that, it lifts, uh, you know, what's it? The rising tide lifts all ships, you know, yeah. the better everybody else is, the better the whole agency is. Yeah. So yeah, I sure. really, you know, I don't know if that's something, you know, a great, you know, every day in your life tip, but I really think you need to lend, you know, really think about it, you know, between budget constraints or whatever, when do you hire the expert or when, 
when do you need to call in the expert? Yeah, I, I think it does apply to the everyday. You know, yeah. there's stuff that we do at home that we hate doing, we don't do it well, and we persist in doing it ourselves. Yeah. Where, you know, I, I found out one day there was a really nice summer day, and I was inside ironing shirts, which I hate doing. <laughs> And it dawned on me, I was like, Peerless Cleaners will pick these up, yeah. and for about $2 a shirt, we'll make them look better than I ever could. So <laughs> right, there's right, a little right. plug there for, you go. unintentional plug cleaner. for Peerless Cleaners. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's magnified in a work setting where, you know, yeah. there's things are more complicated than ironing shirts. Right, right. So yeah. Well, All right. Well, there you have it. Our advice is... Send your shirts to the dry cleaner. Don't <laughs> right. do it yourself. Don't do everything yourself. Yeah. Well, Connie, thanks for doing this, and thanks for the important work you do at Supershot. We appreciate the opportunity to be a very small part of it, and thanks for everything you do. Oh, thanks so much for having having me, and thank you for your partnership and being the expert that we can call on. Well, thanks, and thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next time with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then. 